1: A life of influence isn't achieved overnight. It's it's built through consistent application of wisdom and hard work. In my brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big, I provide you with 120 bite-sized nuggets of insights on practical topics such as marriage and finances, as well as wisdom for personal growth and leadership development. Then I ask you some very penetrating questions that help you reflect and apply what you've learned. This book will stimulate self-examination provide fuel for personal transformation the best thing about it is i'm offering this book to you absolutely free that's right a free copy of 120 minutes to live big mailed to you as a gift i'll also give you 30-day access to my growth lab a program designed to help you grow from good to great mediocre to extraordinary from small to big. It's my prayer that this gift leaves you with a burning desire to be better and become everything that God wants you to be. So if you want to live a life that overflows and blesses others, this gift is just for you. Claim your free book and, and get uh, your free 30-day access to my growth lab. To do that, all you have to do is visit dgmfree.com. That's dgmfree.com. You were made to think big, too big. To big. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow in. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. Live
2: big. You've tuned in to the Live Big broadcast with Derek Greer. Pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. God's word is powerful and full of life. It opens your eyes to how big God is and how big life in Him can be. We pray that today's teaching compels you to grow and live a life bigger than yourself. Download this message and more at GraceChurchVA.org. Here's Dr. Greer with today's Live Big message.
1: All right, today we're going to be in First Samuel chapter one, and uh, we're going to go line by line as we normally do, and. Um, you know, it's Mother's Day, and uh, this, this year the Lord allowed me to, to focus on a lady. He typically allows me to do that, but this year he kind of gave me a little more license than, than normal. So we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and uh, verse 1, and as you turn there or, or get ready on your iPhone or iPad, whatever you're doing, or take a look at the screen, I going to pray for you. Father, open eyes right now. Father, we didn't come here because we didn't have anything better to do. We came to be in your presence and to learn from you. So may your word go deep and may it change our thinking and and maybe be stronger uh, for all that takes place today. And the church says, Amen. amen. First Samuel chapter one, verse one says, and there was a certain man in uncertain times. God plans always begins with a certain person. You know, God has chosen you for this life. Only because he already put in you what you need to live in. So if you're feeling discouraged, if you're feeling like, like you can't, here's the deal. If you're in it, you must have what it takes to get through it. Because God, you know, he assigns you to a time just for you. To circumstances that he's equipped you to handle and to face. So we see that there's this certain man. And uh, then there's this long description here of Ramatham uh, Zophim of the mountains of Ephraim. And his name was Elkanah, the son of Jerohim and the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zubh in Ephraimite. Now, all that was to say that Elkanah was a solid guy. He had traceable roots. He had a, a serious pedigree in history. In fact, if you're familiar with, with the Bible and all the, the various begots, you'll, you'll discover that he was a Koathite. So he was part of the head Levitical clan uh, that was responsible, we we talked about this a little bit last week, for carrying the Ark of the Covenant, responsible for uh, also breaking down the furniture when they move from place to place, the temple furniture. So he, he was, again, of a, a chief tribe, uh, chief significance, all of the high priests came through, the Kohathites. And the Bible says, and despite this pedigree, he had some challenges. Verse 2. And he had two wives. How many know that when you uh, read about two women in the Bible, typically troubles about to show up? Yeah, and I wish we learned that today. But but that's an aside. Polygamy in the ancient world was very very common, and uh, it was actually uh, dangerous, perilous for a couple to. Uh, go through life and not have kids because when they got older and you know perhaps they they got ill and weaker in body they would have no one to care for them so it was vital to have a a loving children not just one but they you know to you know sometimes you you don't have the perfect kid but if you have 10 of them you know one of them is going to care for you (laughs) so um you know, you wanted to have kids because they didn't have Social Security. They didn't have any of these cushions we have. You know, if, if no one took care of you, you were in trouble as you got older and, and weaker. So when a first wife could not have children, uh, the law made it permissible, not advisable, but permissible, okay, uh, for a person or a man to have a second wife. But how many of us know too many spoons stirring the pot spills the soup? Yeah. So that's what we're about to dig into today. Well, th- this guy had two wives, and the name of one was Hannah. Her name meant grace, or her name meant favor. And the name of the other was uh, Panina, which, which meant pearl or, or, or coral stone. And, and we'll dig into that perhaps another time, because the, the, the meaning of their names are, are, are rich. But we see here that Panina, the one who was supposed to, her, she, her name was favor and grace. Despite her name, Hannah had no, no children. But but what we're about to see is Elkanah chose his second wife well. In fact, she was an absolute baby-making machine. Tradition says she had ten. Ten sons. Now he, we're gonna also read she he had daughters, or she had daughters. So I mean she got this thing done. But back to what I began to say with Hannah. Now Panina, you know, was his baby-making machine, she was getting it done. But then the Bible says, but Hannah, ever been in a position where people mention your name with a but in front of it? She's pretty, but she's smart, but she's talented, but Hannah experienced God's grace and and she was rightly named in, in every area of her life, it seems, except this one. But Hannah had no children. Now, in the ancient world, childbearing was considered a woman's ultimate blessing. It was a sign of ultimate favor. And barrenness was also, on, on the other hand, it was considered a curse. And and an infertile woman often felt less than. This was Sarah's struggle. This was later Rebecca's struggle. We, we find this struggle in the messianic line throughout. And often we struggle in the place that God's going to use us most to bless. And that, that, that's super important. But, but I could imagine Hannah, you know, sometimes walked around with her head down because she couldn't do what other women did. And she, she's probably soft spoken and, and she didn't speak as loudly. She, she wasn't as bold. And does anyone in here, you know, uh, have a few barren areas in, in your life? You know, any, any areas you feel a little bit less than? But, but here's the deal. All of us have such areas. And God's grace touches us often at different times in different places. And it says, this man with, with these family problems went up from his city yearly to worship. We need more men like this today. And he went to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. So we know something of the backdrop. Now, again, you guys all look good, but all of us got issues and challenges we're dealing with when we leave this place. So, you know, he, he came to worship and, and lifted his holy hands and he, he made the sacrifices. But, you know, he loved a woman that, that, that couldn't have babies that looked like her. He had major problems in the home the, the two women were fighting. And, and how many, you know, again, two women in the kitchen, that, that's something else. And, but here's the deal. All that happening, it didn't keep him from showing up in church when he was supposed to. And then it adds a little background information says also the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the the priests of the Lord were were there. Now, again, if you're familiar with your Bible, you know that these two priests, they were under their daddy, Eli, who we're going to read about in a little bit. They were so immoral. The Bible called them scoundrels. I mean, for the Bible to call you a scoundrel, you you got to be you got to be something else. And eventually, God got so annoyed with these two boys that he killed both of them on the same day. So, so we see here this Elkanah, he has personal problems. He has family problems. Now on top of that, he has church problems. So, so this guy is dealing with some stuff, but verse four says, and whenever the time came for Elkanah to make a what? Offering. Despite his own complications, despite the the corruption in the church around him. By the way, you're going to find corrupt churches, You're going to find corrupt pastors. but, But here's the deal. You're not doing it for nobody's pastor. You're not lifting hands because of somebody's church. Last I checked, we're doing it for God. And if I do it for God, he's the rewarder. So I don't care what they do. I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. So it says here that Elkanah, despite the corruption... In culture, in the religious institution at this time, made an offering. Now, because this word offering is so common to us, we overlook what it really means. It's that we, we see at the front of that word, offer, and then ing. Ing meaning it's an action. So, really what an offering is, is us making an offer to God. When's the last time you made an offer? to God. That became an offering. It was a moment where God didn't have to chase you down. He didn't have to kind of get you in the corner and drag it. When's the last time you really made an offer ring to God? And during this offering, he would give portions to both of his wives. He'd start with Panina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters, and when we bless God, God makes sure that we can also bless our families. He's a God like that. But watch this. Out of these two ladies, it says to Hannah, he would give a double portion. Ever have twice as much in one area, but didn't make up for the deficit in another area of your life? I mean, you're healthy, but you have no money. You have money, but you got that crazy child. Or maybe you have good children, but your spouse is unfaithful. And here's the deal. This is something you got to know. Until we get to glory, until we make it into those pearly gates, life's going to be a mixed blessing for all of us. Job said it this way. Shall I accept good from God and not adversity? And the reality is life often runs in two tracks. And I, I told you once of this past, he wrote one of the, the most famous books, you know, Purpose, Purpose Driven Lives in, you know, the last hundred years. Millions of books were sold. But after he published that book, he was exploding. The, the, you know, the work was exploding. His son tried to commit suicide. It was amazing. On one hand, there was so much favor and blessing. But on the other so much pain and what he said is he said life often runs on two tracks like a choo-choo train it takes both tracks to get to where you're going on one side there's the positive but to get to again where you're going you also got to deal with the negative
3: a life of influence isn't achieved overnight it is built through the consistent application of wisdom and hard work Dr. Derek Greer's brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big, provides you with 120 bite-sized nuggets of insight on practical topics such as marriage and finances, as well as wisdom for personal growth and leadership development. It will ask you penetrating questions to help you reflect and apply what you've learned. This book will stimulate self-examination and provide fuel for personal transformation. The best thing about it, Dr. Greer is offering this book to you absolutely free. That's right, a free copy of 120 Minutes to Live Big, mailed to you as a gift. However, that's not all. You will also get 30 days' access to Dr. Greer's Growth Lab, a program designed to help you grow from good to great, from mediocre to extraordinary. It's our prayer that this gift leaves you with a burning desire to be better and become everything God wants you to be. So, if you want to live a life that overflows and blesses others, this gift is for you. Claim your free book and get free 30-day access to Dr. Greer's Growth Lab. Simply visit dgmfree.com.
2: You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Dr. Derek Greer. Find out more about Dr. Greer, Grace Church, and today's teaching at gracechurchva.org. Let's get back to today's teaching.
1: And this was the case with Panina. And some of us think, well, if I give my life to Jesus, you know, everything's going to be honky-dory. Everything's going to be fixed. No more struggle. No more pain. No, you just have purpose now. You just have someone with you in the pain. And, and yes, he will spare you some of the pain. But the reality is everyone who lives godly in Christ is going to suffer some stuff. And in life, you go through things. And on one hand, you know, he had this beautiful wife, but on the other hand, she couldn't have a baby. But it says here, but to Hannah, he would give a double portion for he loved Hannah. But watch this. Although, I mean, that one word is really the message of my life. He's loved me, although. You know, I, I might not have been as fast, as quick, as sharp, and as smart, as bright as the next person, but he loved me in spite of me. Elkanah loved her, although she couldn't give him what, what other women could. And and here's the deal. I'm not so impressed with, with when, when someone sees all the good in me and then loves me. That's not at all Impressive. But I am amazed when someone sees all the bad in me and still loves me. And despite her weakness, her husband loved her. And ladies, in spite of his weakness, find a way to love him. For he loved Hannah, although... She couldn't do what other women could do for him, although the Lord had closed her womb. Now, this is the unpleasant part of today's service, but I kind of introduce it a little bit. This is unpleasant, but sometimes our barrenness is part of God's plan. That's important. Because the very thing you're lacking, the very thing people tease you about, make fun of you about, it's often the thing that God uses to make you great here's the deal we would have never heard of Hannah if she could on her own produce babies like everybody else it was because she was barren and God did this miracle so your issue and and that thing that that makes you feel less than is the very thing God wants to use that the, the Apostle said it this way in my weakness he is strong People wonder, you know, sometimes where where my grit comes from. It comes from the fact I can't do this. I don't have the strength in my own to live this life. I don't have the ability or the gifting in myself to do everything required of me in each day of my life. And I got to learn to dig in. I got to learn to deal with my weakness. I got to learn to push past. I got to learn to persevere and to press on despite what I can't do and out of that comes the determination in the grid I'm not standing here because I'm wonderful I'm standing here because he's wonderful and he's helped me and pushed me and prodded me and sometimes even carried me on my way and it says Hannah again a woman full of grace you would think at Grace Church there'd be no rivalry at Grace Church there'd be no problems but wherever you got grace you're going to find some trouble In the midst, her name is Grace. In the midst of all that grace, a rival arose. And it wasn't a rival, you know, you could kind of deal with one at the job. You might be able to even deal with one at church. But when she sleeps in the same bed, I just got real for some of y'all. I had a friend I used to work with in, in Africa. He's from Kenya, and he was the son of one of his father's three wives. He told me as a boy, the tension between the wives was so intense. And sometimes they would, you know, do incantations and stuff against each other. I mean, it was serious stuff. And, and they'd even sacrifice against one wife that she wouldn't have kids or the, or the child would die. It was just, it was just a, a, a whole thing. And he said, literally, when he would walk past some of the wives' huts, the tension was so thick, the hair on the back of his neck would stand up. So this rivalry is real. And the language here is intense. It says, and her rival also provoked her, not just a little poking, but the Bible says severely. How do we... Handle it when when someone tries to to be big by making us look small Now this woman had every incentive she didn't want Elkanah to love her the way he did So so she wanted to knock her down off her pedestal and and she she flaunt her success and her babies and and her hips fingers, and all that stuff that made her a woman that Hannah didn't seem to have in the same way And, and she 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 flaunted and remind Hannah what she didn't have and and all her 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 failures but but here's the deal Sometimes we can't discover our strength until we come face to face with our greatest weaknesses And it's and it's in our, my weakness that I become strong when I realize I can I say but he can and And greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world Lord I'm gonna get this done. I know I'm not tall enough not big enough not smart enough But God you can do it through me and that determination rises up. You discover greatness within Arrival. rival Again, um, a, a woman sleeping with her man, her rival, provoked her severely, watch this, to make her miserable. I love the honesty of the Bible. Yeah. What we see here is this heroine, this, this great woman of God goes and slips into a depression. I mean, the circumstances are so intense that she's dealing with a level of misery and there's going to be challenges in our, on our journey. Why was she miserable? Because the Lord had closed her womb. So, again, it broke Hannah's heart that she couldn't give her husband what other women could, and it was killing her. It was breaking her. And just because you got blessing in this area doesn't mean. And some people, we start envying the rich, but that just says that money's our personal idol. Because I know many very, very wealthy, wealthy people, and I can't say they're any happier. And though they may be blessed in this one area, but the kids are crazy. Their spouses don't always come home. All of their self-value comes from stuff they got that rust decays. But then you look at that family that might be struggling financially, but their sense of self and and worth comes from the living God and and there's a stability and their their kids worship and and their spouse loves them. Do you follow what I'm saying? Who's really the rich one? So it was year by year. This was going on. This wasn't a minute. You know, some of us we have a little five bad five minutes. Oh my god, I'm gonna die. No, this was year by year by year by year by year. And she went up to the house of the Lord. Now, here's the question. Why did Elkanah and Hannah keep coming to church? Because we worry less when we praise more. They understood that. And then the Bible starts laying out some details. And you would think, well, she, you know, this, this couple's supposed to be blessed. He's of the the, the, the line of the Kohathites. And, and and this woman's name is Grace. And man, everything in their, their, their lives ought to be just, you know, just just moving forward and happening and popping in and all the rest. But we see that all, in the car on the way to church, as well as when they got to church, Panina would provoke her. She would try to push all Hannah's buttons and and try to embarrass her again in front of Elkanah and try to get, you know, Hannah to to act outside her name. And and finally, though, Hannah had enough. Watch this. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. But instead of punching Penina in the face. Instead of handling it the loving hip hop way, she turned over her plate before God and gave it to the Lord. Then Elkaner, her husband, said to her, and men don't always understand. Hannah, why are you crying, baby? Why why, why do you weep? Come on, this this is good food. This is the best of the... Why why do you not eat? Why, Why are you... Why are you so heartbroken? I mean, I'm trying to be the best husband I could be. I'm trying to give you everything I can.
2: You've been listening to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live big. Listen to this message and much more from Dr. Greer for free at gracechurchva.org. We also invite you to join Dr. Greer and the Grace Church family here in Dumfries, Virginia, not far from Quantico Marine Base. We would love to meet you and have you join us for worship, teaching, and fellowship every Sunday and Wednesday. Get directions, service times, and much more at GraceChurchVA.org. That's our time for today. Join us weekdays at this time for the teaching ministry of Dr. Derek Greer. And remember, until next time, live big.
3: God wants you to live a life bigger than yourself